0: This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at the Art Hall visiting with local artist Corey Reagan. Corey, thanks so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Appreciate it. I thought what we might do is start out if we could and hear a little bit just about the artwork that you do, and you know what your areas of focus are, what inspired you.
1: Okay. Well, I um, am particularly interested in oil painting. Um, that's what I've been trained in. I am a recent graduate from the University of Central Oklahoma where I studied and got my VFA in studio art. Um, I mostly paint um, portraiture and figurative pieces. Um, I deal with emotions, the universality of emotions, and the connection that a viewer and an artist can have and create through the emotions portrayed in the artwork.
0: And I was wondering, uh, As far as hearing a little bit about how you got started, if we could maybe just a little bit about about how your work got started.
1: Sure. Well, um, I've always been creative and artistic. I grew up with a father who was very artistic and he drew a lot and did um, freelance photography. So that was always part of my life growing up and... It was never something that I was encouraged to pursue as far as a career goes. It was always, oh, yeah, she, she, she likes to draw. She's really good at drawing. And I would always walk around with a pen and a paper everywhere I went. And so it was very important to me. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school and left home that I had people actually interested in my art and wanting to see more of it. And I had this whole new world opened up to me. Hmm. And then I ended up having a family, I started a family, I had a son, and it wasn't until after he got to be about a year old that I said, I need to do something more for the future of my family, so I decided to go to college. And it was when I was in college in Oklahoma City that I met the first art professor that I had ever known, and he really encouraged me and said, you have what it takes to be a good artist and at the time, I was going to go into education, and I was like, no, I can't do that. And so I went and I took some educational courses, did some observations, and realized, oh, no, <laughs> I, I can't do that. So I followed his advice, and I took more art courses and ended up getting my associate's degree in visual art. Hmm. And it was one of my adjunct professors there who encouraged me to go to UCO and get my bachelor's. And it was when I was there that I met David Maxwell, who is the chair of the Department of Art in, at UCO, and he really became my mentor and pushed me to start showing in exhibitions and start really thinking about my artwork and what I wanted to talk about. And so that's just kind of where I've been, and I'm, I'm fresh to the Oklahoma City art scene. I'm still kind of getting my foothold and figuring out how to show and how to get in with other artists in the area. But I, I feel like I'm making some good friends and stepping out on the right paths. And I do have some art shows coming up later this year that I'm excited about.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't know if you maybe wanted to talk a little bit about that or sure. share sure of bit of information.
1: Sure. I'm going to be at the Art Hall in Oklahoma City. It's on 23rd Street. Um, I'm going to be there in an exhibition that where the dates aren't set yet. Oh, okay. I'm still waiting to hear on the actual dates, but it'll be sometime in mid August through November. Um, I have another show that's going to be in, um, mid October with a group of artists who do partially it's for, it's for, um, uh, charity. Mm-hmm. It's called Artcade. Oh Oh, wow. and it's just a one day, one day show. It's in the evening. Um, and it's, like video game themed so I've been drawing up some some things for that some illustration type art for that
0: oh very good and then I was going to ask I some of your artwork that I have seen that really got my attention mm-hmm. was some of the the uh, the drawings of faces or you would basically you would be kind of from the neck you know mm-hmm. from the neck up and it's it, it, what's interesting is that I tend to really uh, really have always kind of gravitated towards abstract art mm-hmm. and something about the faces the uh, and there again I don't know exactly how to put it as far as what got my attention it was just there's something about those that was really compelling and drew me in and really you know I really mm-hmm. I really found myself really taking some time to really get the, I think there was some sort of feeling that came from that almost. Well thank you so much yeah. I'm
1: really glad to hear that um, at UCO for my senior capstone Well, let me back up. A couple semesters before I graduated, I started doing self-portraiture. And that really interested me as a way to tell my personal story while at the same time talking about emotions and the things that we all go through, no matter where we're from or who we are. And I feel that that dialogue that can be created about emotions is really important because we live in a world where a lot of things get in the way of that. Oh, yeah. You know, religion, race, society, all of those things that get in the way of human connection. And I think that as artists, we have a real opportunity to help people understand that it's okay to take away those external forces and think about how someone feels and empathize with them on a human level. And that can really just break down some of those barriers that we've created as a society. Um, but getting back to the portraiture, for my senior capstone, that was what I concentrated on. I did nine portraits, self-portraits, um, that also utilized floral elements, and I adhered to the Western traditional um, like symbolism oh, that we assign to certain flowers. So, we're all kind of familiar with the rose being symbol- symbolic of like romance and love. But I used other certain flowers that depicted certain meanings and tied those into the emotion that I was trying to um, talk about in that particular painting. And I've, I've still been doing that. I've gotten away from the self-portraiture and been getting into more generalized portraits. Um, while still exploring that emotional content.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what I was wondering, as far as with future work, uh, do you kind of feel like that will be something that you'll continue as far as the portraiture? I definitely think,
1: yeah, figurative um, portraiture is definitely something that still interests me, and I still feel that I have a lot to talk about. As far as that goes, so I'm, I'm still on that path with that
0: oh yeah, and I was thinking too with you know the the way that our culture and our society we, you know things are you know we have all the, we have all these digital you know things that we look at and there's all these distractions and it, it just it, it's, now I'm just kind of thinking this in the moment. That sometimes, you know, I wonder if we actually are really seeing people when we're, you know, we interact with people and we're looking at them. And I know there's that thing, that societal thing where, you know, we have to be, you know, somewhat careful about the way that we look right. at someone and those type of things. But just in terms of how we see them and, and how we, you know, think that we know how they're feeling.
1: I really think that there is a lack of that. Yeah. It's, it, it's really disheartening to me um, when I watch the news And especially, like, right now, we're hearing all of these, you know, horrible things about um, immigrants, and, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but if we think about just people as people, it doesn't, you know, no matter where they come from, what religion they are, what they look like, how they differ from me or you or or anyone, stop concentrating on the differences, and let's let's go back to the deepest thing that we all encounter in our lives, no matter what's happening, the emotional side of it. And if we can empathize with a person, then suddenly we see them in a different way. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I hope that that's something that we learn to do more as a society instead of just concentrating on the outside of the individual and, and our impulsive, you know, first impression of a person instead of really getting to know someone on that emotional level and learning about them and learning how we're similar to someone instead of how we're different from them
0: yeah that's very interesting and i and i kind of sitting here just thinking just in the moment as well, you know, how, how is it that we end up getting this way where we, you know, we meet someone and we get this idea in our heads of who we think they are. And we're not really, it's almost like we're, I wonder if we're really seeing them yeah. at that point, you know, for who they really are versus
1: who we think they might be. Yeah, I, I agree. It, that's really fascinating to me. I've always been fascinated by sociology and human psychology. And I like being able to pair that with artwork and Kind of opening doors
0: with that. Oh yeah. And I just like the idea about being able, you know, with portraits like that, being able to just really, you know, look at a person and just see what you see mm-hmm. and maybe not, you know, necessarily come to conclusions about you yeah. know, about anything about them or and I think that's the other thing I wonder sometimes too, if we're so anxious to know everyone's story. And I think it's good that we're new that we can do that at some point and learn about people, but it's the you know, it's those conclusions that we jump to right. so quickly. So I think it kind of feels like this really slows that process down and allows people, with the work that you're doing, to be able just to appreciate.
1: Yeah, I definitely hope so. I I hope that it does draw people in enough to take a minute and and think about what I'm trying to say and and think about the subject of the, the image and make that connection with them.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And then as far as maybe looking back when you started... Uh, doing works of art, maybe just looking Mm -hmm. a little bit, maybe if you wanted to speak about how your work has evolved or if if you can see any subtle changes.
1: Well, are we talking about what I did as a six-year-old or are we talking about (laughs) what I did? Because, funny story, I was going through a closet in my house the other day because I was renovating our spare room to be a studio room. Hmm. And I was going through a, a box and I found a folder of all of these images that I drew from probably four to 12. Hmm. And I was thinking about, I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw those out. And I was like, no, wait, those are my humble beginnings. Yeah. That's where it all started. And I hope that someday, you know, as I continue to learn and develop my, my skill as an artist, that I'll look back on what I'm doing right now as humble beginnings too. Yeah. And because I, I feel like as artists, we're never, we never stop learning. We never stop developing Certain skills and and evolving as artists, um, but when I started out in um, in college taking art courses, I took a um, life drawing class, a figurative, and I never wanted to do figurative again. Hmm. I hated it. Oh wow! <laughs> it was you know your normal academic drawing course with charcoal and conte, and I just hated it. Hmm. <laughs> it was it was so not anything I wanted to do. I wanted to do... Well, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just so wrapped up in doing all the academic studies, all of the still life paintings and the traditional, you know, how you learn to be an artist um, in an academic setting. And then once I got into my bachelor's program and I started doing more figurative and I realized... How I could use that as an avenue for discussion—it really appealed to me, and I've just kind of been going for it ever since with figurative painting. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And then I was thinking too, as far as uh, any uh, looking at any lessons that you've learned along the way through this journey. So you know, thus far, or anything you might want to share.
1: Well, as a mother and a wife. Making time for art has been one of those biggest lessons Mm. that I couldn't learn in school. You know, as a mom, you feel guilt, you know, for leaving the child to take an hour for yourself to make a painting or to work on something. But it's really important, it gives you time to breathe, and time to think about yourself, and time to think about what you're doing, and it's That's probably been the biggest struggle and the biggest lesson for me is really just almost forcing myself Hmm. to step away and say, no, I'm going to devote at least an hour today to just be in the studio and work. Yeah, And it really has even – it's improved my life. It's improved my emotional state. It's improved my health. It's improved my, my um, relationship with my family. Oh, yeah. And they see me working and see that it does make me happy, and in turn that makes them happy too. So it's really, and it, it does require balance and dedication, but I definitely think that um, if I were to give a piece of advice to a young artist, it would be just keep making art, hmm. no matter what. If you end up working full-time, then... Still, devote time each week to to keep making art, doing your practice, and it will come around. And if you get denied for a show somewhere, just keep applying. Don't let anything stop you, because that's, I think, one of the most detrimental things to a young artist just starting out is letting the world come crashing down on them and stop the art. And that's, it's very sad. And I think that if... We all just pushed a little harder, and we the world would be a much more artistic place. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, and I was and I was thinking I, I really like what you were saying about in terms of the, the advice for artists that are starting out uh, or anywhere in their career to you know to try to not let you know the, as you say the rejection I don't, and I hate to use the word rejections, but I know sometimes people tend to look at it that way. But mm-hmm. when there's when they are looking to share something with the world and maybe the feedback isn't. Yeah what they were hoping for or expecting it 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 really is very interesting about that process because i guess that really is in a lot of ways it i would imagine it makes a person feel very vulnerable i mean vulnerable you're taking you know the work that you're doing that really means so much to you and you're you know looking to first of all get into a show and and to be approved to do that and then once once that does if if and when that does happen then the public Mm -hmm. you know people are coming to see that and Criticism
1: mm-hmm. is is certainly very hard to take sometimes. And I'm glad that when I was going through school, we had, you know, critique sessions. And that was all it was about. And sometimes the critique can get really tough. Mm-hmm. But you need that. And if you're an artist and you're not going through school and you're just doing it on your own, seek out people who can critique you, who can give you advice, who can look at it in an unbiased way and say, oh, well, you need to work on this because that's, that's how you're going to learn and how you're going to grow hmm. as an artist. Um, it's so important because if you're the only one looking at your art and your family's looking at your art and your family is the most biased people <laughs> that are ever going to see it, they're going to think it's fantastic even if it looks like something a two-year-old did. Oh, yeah. You know? Getting those friends who aren't afraid to give you an honest opinion about it is really important. And that's something I have to do now. Now that I'm out of school, um, I have to seek out people. You know, I've gone to my co-workers and said, hey, will you look at this and tell me what you think? And sometimes I get really good feedback and sometimes I don't. And you just have to take that criticism as um, a learning tool. Oh, yeah. Don't, let it, don't take it personally. Our art is personal, of course, because, you know, I think as artists, the art does stem from within, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves onto the canvas or the paper or whatever. And it, sometimes it is tough to take criticism, but that's the only way you're going to grow. And I, that's definitely something that I learned (laughs) early on was I need to be told what sucks so that I can fix it. <laughs> oh yeah. And I wonder
0: too, sometimes does, does also, does the reverse happen? I wonder are there times where maybe you, you know, you've, you have created something and for whatever reason you're feeling hypercritical about it and oh, yeah. you find out when you share that with other people that you respect their opinions that they, oh, that they yeah. see something I am, different.
1: I'm my worst critic. Hmm. I am my worst critic. So, you know, when I'm developing a piece, sometimes I'll look at it and I'll just want to throw the whole thing out. Like this is not working. And then I'll have someone come in and be like, no, actually, you know, just keep pushing it and you'll get there. It's, it's almost there. Or, oh, this area is really good. Get the rest of it up to that. And that's really helpful, too. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Do you find sometimes that there's, you know, when you're feeling that way that there's frustration or it's a little harder to fight against that to keep, if someone's encouraging you to keep going and um, to work through that? Is it
1: sometimes tough? Sometimes, to- but I think... I'm, I'm the type of person I work off of feedback. That's just my personality. I, I like to know that I'm doing good so that I can keep going. Otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to trash it because I don't feel like I'm doing what I could be doing. But um, sometimes, yeah, it's it's hard if I'm really convinced. And at that point, you know, sometimes we get to that point where we are so convinced that sometimes it is better just to start over but i would say that you know 9 times out of 10 i can be swayed to to keep going.
0: Oh yeah, that's very interesting and it's and i and i really uh, i admire the fact that you you know being open to allowing other people to encourage you mm-hmm. to keep going with something that maybe that you're not feeling overly overly great about in that moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. I i don't think that any artist can do it by themselves. I don't think that that's really possible.
0: So, and that's and that's an interesting point. I'm sitting here thinking about how sometimes you know there's a tendency to you know to create alone in in your studio, Mm -hmm. but then on the other hand, it sounds like there's also the benefit of you know needing that feedback from people that you're just have to trust (laughs) their opinions.
1: Well, you know, I prefer to work by myself and in the quiet where I can either have complete silence or I can crank my music up, whatever I'm jiving with, and then you know I like to work like that. Yeah. But then at the same time, I need. Other people to see the work and to give me that feedback. So there's a balance. There's definitely a balance. Oh
0: yeah, and I, and I really like that as far as being able to. That way, it's almost as if you you know you can get too isolated. I guess on one hand, yeah. And then on the other hand, you can you know try you're trying to actually honor and only pay attention to what you think other people are wanting, mm-hmm. which kind of that kind of brings me to the next subject. As as far as I know, with artists, you know they they they're creating these things for people to see. But I right. wonder, I've always wondered exactly. How that, how that works in other words are there times where you know when you're creating something is it really about what you're seeing and feeling in that moment and then it just happens to be something that, that other people you know that they can that resonates with other people
1: um, for me there's definitely kind of a, an inner war at times like I want to as an artist we all want to make something that will sell yeah. like really let's Let's put that out there. We want to sell our art. We want to get it out there. But at the same time, we don't want to be commercial about it. We don't want to just generically put out things that don't mean anything. Especially, you know, that for me is something that I've had to really think about. And it's like, oh, do I want to paint the beautiful, perfect picture that I know somebody's going to buy to hang over their couch in their living room, or do I want to make something that speaks to people and has a message and that that resonates with me first? Yeah. And I think that over time, as I've kind of developed what I want to make art about, um, I've f- I figured that out. Like, you get so much more respect for the pieces that means something that people aren't just buying as decoration and I think that that's a lot better (laughs) oh yeah
0: yeah I just, I just have such a tremendous respect for that process because I realize you're trying to honor, you know, what you know what's coming from within you, and at the same time, you're realizing, like everyone else, you know, you have to make a living, yeah. and that, and you want it to be things that will that will resonate with certain people. Yeah. But I guess it's always one of those things. I guess it doesn't necessarily always resonate with everyone, but I guess it doesn't have to, is what it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be a critic, you know, <laughs> always. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, this is. I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been very enlightening, and I've uh, really enjoyed the opportunity to visit with you. Oh, yeah, I've
1: enjoyed being able to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.